Hello. It is Wednesday, July 28th. Big show, good show. A lot happened today. We got to get to it. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Football is happening. There's a lot to talk about. Let's go. There's a lot going on, not only in the NFL, but in the world of sport. And we're excited that you are spending some time with us to chit chat uh, about what's going on. Hopefully a little mental vacation for you for the next at least three hours on Sirius XM and then probably three and a half at YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. AJ Hawk will join us in the next hour from some room in an Airbnb that he was catfished into getting with his family this week. He's working on the road, which we do appreciate. Can't wait to chat with him about what he potentially heard from Aaron. Okay. Mm. And maybe, does he have any inside information on the whole situation cooking in Green Bay? Were some of the ex-players that are on TV and on Twitter and everything that said, the locker room ain't going to respect Aaron Rodgers after what happened. Was that accurate? Is that how it went down yesterday? Saw some pictures of him on the field this morning looking good, throwing it around. There's also a couple other players that are on the field right now. Deshaun Watson's down in Houston. Okay. He showed up to practice, is in the building. The new CBA makes it basically impossible financially to hold out if if you're uncomfortable with the situation you're in. Now, that situation between Deshaun and Houston is uncomfortable in a lot of different fashions, including legalities. Now, we did hear that Lisa Friel from the NFL went in and investigated, and an investigation is ongoing from the NFL, but after Lisa Friel talked to some people uh, in the situation, they chose not to suspend or put him on the exemption list, which wouldn't happen until the season. Anyway, Whatever. The Deshaun Watson situation, legal-wise, is nowhere near figured out, I don't think. But football-wise, we're right back at the point we were a few months ago where Deshaun says, hey, Houston, thanks for everything. I don't want to play here anymore. So now we got the outside pending factors happening, the legal ramifications of 20-plus very serious accusations. But now he has to be on the field because Houston hasn't traded him. And if he holds out, it's a $50,000 a day fine. So he has to be there. He took off his uh, jersey, they said, before quarterback center exchanges, before practice by the way. Yikes. This video is before practice, though. This is like a warm-up period okay. before. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, the practice hasn't really got into it. We will update everybody as we are updated on the jersey situation for Deshaun Watson in Houston at training camp. How the hell does this one play out? None of us know, both on the field and off the field. We'll keep an eye on it. But this is nowhere near, in my eyes, the runaway winner for awkward situation on the field-wise. Last night, Xavier Howard, cornerback for the Miami Dolphins, who signed the biggest per-year deal of any corner in the NFL Three years ago in 2018. Now, since then, he has dominated in, at corner. He has proved his worth. And he has become now the second highest paid corner on his own team. He was upset about that. He wants the Dolphins to take care of him. There was conversation about him potentially requesting a trade or asking for a trade. Last night, we got a statement from Xavier Howard that said, Hey, get me the fuck out of here. Now. <laughs> He said in this entire statement, he basically said, I've given my heart and soul to the Miami Dolphins. He didn't basically say this is what he said. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to read it on the screen without farther away the screen is. I can. So we might as well read it to get everybody else's potential full take on this as well. Smart. Absolutely. So Smart. you know the entire situation. So mm-hmm. you can judge it. So whenever I say what I'm going to say about the situation, you can be like a prop. That is probably how it's going or kind of judge for yourself. You know what I mean, Todd? Yeah, sounds good. You know what I mean, Connor? Absolutely, Pat. I have dedicated... Uh, Nope. I already fucked it up. I've given my heart and soul to the Miami Dolphins franchise since they drafted me in 2016. 
and want to make it clear that I love my teammates. Wow. Good to know. Aaron Rodgers said that with Kenny Mayne on Kenny Mayne's last sports center. Now you can see Kenny Mayne on Peacock at, uh, with Carrie Champion on Olympic Nightly. Mm-hmm. Have you guys watched? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen a few Good episodes. Plugs. Good show. Yeah. Back to Xavier Howard. They are my family, my teammates. But what I've learned is that the business side of the NFL proves organizations don't always have a player's best interest at heart. Okay, so this goes exactly to what I was saying yesterday about all these ex-players that were coming after Aaron and saying things about what Aaron had done because in the locker room, you realize that it is a business. That is what this is. And as you grow older in the NFL, you realize it more and more and more. You are the object on the table that that bald fuck Rick in Las Vegas is trying to fuck over the other people that are trying to sell it in Pawn Stars, okay? That is how it goes. You can sit on the shelf. You can have some in it. it might be a niche market you will be told those things it is a business it is pawn stars and you are the thing being pawned in between rick who's trying to fuck somebody over and somebody who probably just has to sell something so they can pay some bills yeah. mm. <laughs> well True. Said, yeah never gets talked about by the way now i went through an entirely deep pawn stars run and by the end of it i was just like this guy has fucked over two thousand straight people oh yeah at least and uh, and I've kind of been proud of him. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of been like, hey, go yeah. way, good, hey, good, good swindle there, Rick. Good work, good swindle. Those there, people Rick. coming back in, seeing how much he's selling the stuff for afterwards. How about just watching the show? Sam? Well, <laughs> I bought this for uh, six dollars and fifty-five cents. I'm gonna be able to sell this for seven thousand five hundred. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, a pretty good day today or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Couldn't buy it at his price, 10 bucks. Had to get it at six. <laughs> yeah. But we will sell this at 7000 I'm like, good business, I guess. Yeah, it is good business. But then after you watch so many, and I went through an entire binging session, I started feeling terrible for the people that were getting kind of stooges around. Yeah, there. rightfully so. Anyways, that's what's happening whenever you're a player, though. Mm-hmm. At a different level, different things are being talked about. It's not civil war guns that only one person is an expert on who happens to be a friend of Rick's. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think about that. That yeah. guy's got a good gig. Oh, uh, yeah. I got an expert right down here. <laughs> Family friend. Known him for years. <laughs> Tell him. Uh, what is your expert on? I, I've read a lot of books. I've given myself a PhD in this thing. They always look like the most disheveled humans of all time. <laughs> a lot of butts. Rip him. Hey, he knows, though. He knows that this, this gun can only be sold to probably two people on Earth, and if they, both of them are dead. So, <laughs> so he's going to sit on Mark for a long time. Well, he's going down. All right. A couple of dings in it, too. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best I can do is $15. Sorry. Seventeen fifty? dollars $15.25, maybe. I mean, I got to sell this thing. Cash. Right now. Cash. Got it, deal. Right. <laughs> Boom. Turns around to the camera person behind him and goes, just bought this for $15.25. I will sell this for no lie, $75,000. <laughs> this is a one of one. That person just got fucked over completely. But the expert said, we got the gun. Mm-hmm. See you later. Pretty good morning. Hey, that's business, baby. I guess. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's what the NFL is. It is a business. And Xavier Howard said, it feels like they don't have the player's best interest at heart. My experience with the Dolphins the past few seasons has taught me that. In 2018, I signed an extension that I'll admit I didn't completely understand or feel comfortable with. Okay, so I'm not 100% sure what this means. And a lot of people, including myself, will say, Xavier, it is your fault if you don't understand the full contract. Now, follow up to that. The contracts in the NFL are loaded with a litany of 
clauses and sub things and this and that because the amount of lawsuits and litigation and fuckery that has happened in the past that adds to all contracts and makes it be, you know, whatever, 75 pages long. How is that what we need to sign? It happens everywhere, not just in the NFL, but these contracts that people sign very in depth. And if it's, it's not something that a lot of people say, you should never sign a contract that you haven't read all the way through. It's like, well, some of these contracts, I think they literally make it tougher to read than a goddamn Bible. All right. It's going to be if, if somebody we might get a deal done. And then for me, as somebody who never read a book, OK, in a month, hey, I mean, kind of proud of it because I got through a lot, but I don't think other people should do it. You should read. I was never able to do it. I read a lot on Twitter or whatever, but they make it impossible to read. If we were to get a deal done, then you're to read the entire contract that a team of lawyers put together for another team of lawyers to read like separately. It might take you four or five weeks to get through that thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally with asking questions and then going back and saying, what is this? So you have a lot of trust and faith in the people that you hire to read through these things. Xavier had that with his ex-agent and it made him the highest salary per year cornerback in the NFL. Now, what does that mean? That obviously, when they say salary, that means they're getting rid of the bonuses that other people are probably getting maybe roster bonuses or anything like signing bonuses that could make the money big. But the deal he signed, I don't know what he's alluding to, to not understanding. I think that is more so him bashing his ex-agent, his ex-representation for not fully explaining to him what was going on in a very difficult, I can't stress this enough, law shit is very difficult to read. It, it is the words, and then there's checkbacks, and then there's follow-ups, and then there's... It's very difficult to read. I, I think a lot of people who maybe didn't go through law school to learn all the bullshit <laughs> that they add into these contracts so they can keep other people that went through law school in business, I think, like, it's going to be difficult to be able to read through it and understand it completely. So everybody's immediate reaction is to want to shit on Xavier and Howard. And I will say... You should, I guess, because in theory, this is something he should fully understand. It is his life. It's the most amount of money. But it is damn near impossible for somebody who's just a layman to go through a contract and fully understand it. So I think that was more so a shot at his ex-agent. He has new representation now. Maybe he didn't know when the outs were. He didn't know when the money was coming. He didn't know what it was, how it was, wasn't explained properly, and he didn't fully understand it. That might be what he's referring to. But I think everybody's natural reaction is to shit on him there. And I don't think that is necessarily as fair as it should be coming from a regular ass dude as, as somebody that has been in the world. Let's get back into his message now. Um, I'm one of the best cornerbacks of the NFL. Oh, I've played on that deal for two seasons and didn't complain, but everyone knows I've significantly outperformed that deal. I think he had 10 picks or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He gave up zero yards, I think, for the first four games of the season last year. He's, a, he's an absolute stud. He has He's top corner in the league. He, in his eyes, in, in everybody's eyes, he's at least top three Top five or whatever. Right. We'll talk to Gerard Powers, by the way, out of Auburn, uh, and also former teammate of mine for the Indianapolis Colts. He was also at the Arizona Cardinals and the Baltimore Ravens, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, knows B.A. well. Uh, we'll get a chance to chat with him about the Buccaneers and Xavier and Howard in this entire situation. But Xavier and Howard would continue to go on. Uh, I'm one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and the tape backs me up on that. I want to clear up a few uh, misconceptions about my situation. My agent, David Cantor, and I have never once asked for a completely new contract. We would just 
like some things altered a little bit. Uh, we wanted things to work out with the Dolphins and brought solutions to the table, like guaranteeing more money, that we felt were win-wins for both sides. These were proposals of adjustments that wouldn't just make me feel more respected, but were also cap-friendly, but the Dolphins refused everything we proposed. That is why I don't feel like the organization has dealt with me in good faith. I don't feel valued or respected by the Dolphins, just like they can take a business-first approach. So can I, dude. That's why I want to make it clear. I am not happy and have requested a trade. Until that trade happens, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Shout out to Marshawn, by the way, on first take this morning, dropping, hey, they both bullshitting on there. <laughs> yeah. And will handle myself like professionals do. Xavier Howard has made that statement. Now, the whole situation is... I'm just here so I won't get fined. Marshawn Lynch was doing that for a media day Super Bowl on a Tuesday with a bunch of people he doesn't know. Xavier Howard said, hey, you're going to see me. All right? Mm-hmm. Making plays. You're going to see me in this practice. We'll be out there. All right, you're going to see me. I'm not here, though. Like, I'm here. Yeah. But I'm not here. I'm, not here. Mm. I'm in these meetings, okay, in the room with somebody that they're paying more money to on my own team. Somebody that is, hey, I love, my, I love my teammates, okay? I'm here, but if somebody wants to motherfucking come get me out of here, I would be very, very thankful for that. And when you see me around, it ain't no go Dolphins. It ain't fins to the left, fins to the right. No, no, no. I'm just here because I know that it is $50,000 a day, and I'm pissed about money to begin with. I'm not going to start right. giving it away. So if somebody wants to come get me, let's do it. A lot of teams saw this. A lot of fan bases saw this. And we're like, hey, get him to our squad. Get him to our team. I don't know if the Dolphins are going to be in that. I guess B-Flow came out this morning and said he thinks that it is fixable is it is it not that's a lot of drama down there in miami though especially after the big payment for kyle van noy yeah. then cutting kyle van noy uh-huh. paying kyle van noy to play for the patriots this year yeah. it's crazy what's going on down in dolphins when it felt like they were potentially on the precipice of real success too with the nfc or afc east kind of going the way it's going for sure in situations like this do you think teams more often than not when like something like this happens their first reaction is okay let's trade him or do you think with a guy like him it's let's try to get this figured out because we really don't want to lose him before the season. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, right? We just saw it. Right. Mm-hmm. Their initial was we ain't trading them. Yeah. And they're now they're still we ain't trading them. Mm-hmm. But we do got to figure this out. Xavier is a player, right? And corners, oh, yeah. corners, if you got a guy that can just shut down everything and we'll talk to once again Gerard Powers who was a corner he'll have a much better understanding of why Xavier is the way he is what team he would potentially be great on and how he'll figure this entire thing out with Miami I'm excited to chat with him about that haven't talked to him in a long time he looks good by the way Ooh, he told me earlier I can still play today okay so come back <laughs> corners always have that mentality but they are like the greatest athletes on the field too because they have to react to the greatest athletes right. on the field right that's what everybody that's kind of the old uh, you got to be in good shape. You got to be fully committed. You got to be all the way in there. And if you're a corner, you know you're not going to be able to do that. Okay, that's a position you're not going to be able to play at the top three in the NFL for 15 years. You're not going to be able to do it 10 years. You're, there's a window where you're one of the guys. Okay, you're, there's a window at the corner position where you are one of the guys. Naturally, your body is going to change and you're not going to be able to do the same shit. You're going to be able to be smarter, but there'll be somebody younger that'll come in and they're like, unbelievable. It is a freak athlete position that age does catch up to you. You're not necessarily going to make you a non-NFL player, but whenever you're one of the guys, your body is one of the guys, which this guy is, you have to be able to cash in on that business-wise because you have no idea how long that window is going to be. That's where X is. The Miami Dolphins are saying, hey, we signed you to this deal or whatever at the time. you ha- like, So it's just, this is the classic Pawn Stars. This is exactly yeah, yeah. what I was just referring to. And uh, I have... 
I mean, B-Flow saying that we can work this out seems like the only way they're going to be able to work that out is if they give them more money. Right. And if that happens, congrats to X. I uh, hope everything works out. But if you're a Dolphins player, you're like, hey, X, we want you on this team bad. Dude. Need yeah. you. Hey, hope they pay you, brother. Hope, yeah. hope that happens. You're an unbelievable player. So Same with Jones, right? Jones is yeah. the guy he's on the other side of the I think he's the highest paid. Yeah, he? he's the highest paid guy, yeah. and he's more paid than um, old buddy is uh, right there. And he said, I love him, though. Mm-hmm. But his life is a lot easier, by the way, whenever – Oh, X is on the other side. I mean, everybody's life is a lot easier with him in there, and that's how his teammates feel. I do think Ramsey might be the highest paid now, but Xavier Howard in that little article said, in good faith. You talked about that yesterday. Do you think the Dolphins maybe said in the contract, hey, depending on how you play, in good faith will reward you, and now obviously they're not doing that? Yeah, if you can prove that somebody's not in good faith, it's considered a breach of contract. But proving that is a... Impossible. (laughs) Yeah. And they can delay those, and they can be, you know, like it is damn near. That, that's one of the funniest things that was added to contracts, I bet, in my eyes. Because it's like a human aspect being added into a contract. Like you're adding in that a human is going to act like a human. Right. Like, hey, in good faith, we'll talk in a couple of years, see if we're fucking you over or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you got to just, you got to hope that either that person's still there <laughs> yeah. or that person is... Not just a complete yeah. scumbag. Actually, in good faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what is in good faith? There's different levels of a good in good faith. Sugar Sean said that people said Conor McGregor crossed the line. Well, the line is only in the eyes of the judger, right? So, what is in good faith to who? You know, like what is considered in good faith in in whose eyes? It's mm-hmm. uh, those contracts are a real. I, I talk about them a lot, I think, here because it's a real thing. The business side of the NFL is so real. And also, I have to stare at a lot of them at this point. Mm -hmm. It is a racket. Contracts in of themselves are a racket. I think it's interesting, too, because, like, I, you don't really think about it as, like, a fan, but you look at a guy like Patrick Peterson, who, like, is exactly what you're saying. Like, I mean, obviously, he's still a stud, but, like, he was the guy for, you know, six years, and then now he's playing on a one-year deal in Minnesota. Like, I wonder if these guys see that, and it's like, okay, like, I really do have, like, this is my window. I cannot not capitalize while I'm at my physical prime. Darrell Rivas was able to do it the best business-wise because he was able to cash in in one year or two year fully guaranteed deals and then move on, and he continued to ball. Right, yeah. Like, he continued to ball. I think he got, like, four of those contracts. Mm -hmm. New England, you got one year 14 mil in uh, 2014, and then you got another massive contract right after that. Yeah, 20-some mil or whatever, somewhere (laughs) at the Jets, I think. It's like, that is... now. Being Darrell Rivas is a good business model. <laughs> yeah, right? right. So if you could be Darrell Rivas, mm-hmm. that, that's what you want to do. Do it. But if, uh, <laughs> if you could do that. But him, he kind of laid the blueprint, I think, for what a lot of guys in a lot of positions are going to start doing now. If you saw a lot of one-year deals this year now, was that because the salary cap took a bit of a shot because of the COVID thing? Maybe. But is it also because guys are like, hey, I want to be able to move. I want to be able to go places because there's a lot of money off the field now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always been a lot of money off the field for some people in some positions with the gatekeepers of the marketing companies deciding who gets it and who doesn't. Now, there is a lot of money to be made in other professions uh, in Earth or on Earth that are very much in the realm of what basically all these guys in the NFL that could potentially go make all the money can do no problem. So I think that temptation of potentially having off the field, you know, business being built while you're in the league, 
you know, is going to start becoming something that a lot of people start thinking about because there's a lot of money to be made doing that. And if you're on a bad team that doesn't get a lot of primetime games, yeah. I think a lot of guys are going to want a little bit more uh, nimbility with their um, contracts and everything like that. Saw a lot of one-year deals, a lot of two-year deals. Now, granted, you also have the 10-year $500 million deals. Right. But, but I think you're going to see a lot of shorter deals for guys. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more short deals. I hope, at least, because for us, that gives us something to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And also, that gives a lot of potential for guys to link up or potentially, ah, this ain't working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go somewhere else. I mean, there's a lot of shit to talk about for us as selfish as selfish uh, sports shows. Hosts. Well, and for quarterbacks, those contracts are a little different just because you need that guy. And if you got one, then you hang on to him for as long as you fucking can. But are there force majeures in the end? NFL contract. It's going to be now, dude. I assume. Yeah. I, with COVID, COVID is yeah, it has to be implemented force majeure. I think in anything, which is, it's like if something happens, COVID void, mm-hmm. then something's yeah. Nobody has to pay anybody. Basically, yeah. It's a very interesting thing, which saves a lot of people's asses. But there's going to be like seven, eight. Uh, I don't know with the way the world's going right now. I should never dance on the graves of too much. But let's say in seven, eight years from now, people have kind of forgotten about like maybe the world side let's say 10 years 15 years then let's go 20 years okay people have forgotten about you know the world can stop Mm -hmm. like everything on earth can stop what do you mean everything everything on earth can stop drop of a hat no no way everything Everything mm-hmm. on earth. Everybody oh, yeah. can be. Everybody can be told go to their fucking rooms. Everybody on <laughs> yeah. earth can be told, yeah. "Hey, you need to go to your fucking room." That that can happen, you know. And then there'll be contracts signed by those twenty-one-year-olds or twenty-two-year-olds that are in a contract negotiation, and that force majeure thing will be in there, and it'll be like, uh, "Why? What does this mean?" Don't worry about it. Yeah. it that won't, Not it won't happen ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's it mean? Though? It says right here clearly you don't have to pay me if this happens. Well, I should know about that, right? Yeah, like, don't worry about no, it. Whatever. I mean, in good faith. If the world stops and somehow no money is made, we don't have to pay you or whatever. Don't oh, that's never going to happen. That kid's going to stay. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah exactly. All, and, yeah, exactly. Boom, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden fucking COVID-27 comes right. in. Oh, man. Oh, what's up, bitches? <laughs> Back. They're calling me the greatest since 19. <laughs> that son of a bitch. That cannot happen again. It cannot happen. Ever. But force majeure is going to be in a contract forever because of it. I assume it was in there before, but now everybody's like, yeah. hey. Well, before be it was just like act of God and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's all that shit. I mean, there is, in every contract you look at, there is some fucking asterisk, asterisk or something because at some moment in the history of this company, somebody got fucked over yeah. because of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, so you got to go through however long this business has been around and also other businesses and then all those things are in there what is this for it's like that um you know that commercial uh farmers insurance commercial yeah where the guy seen it oh with the uh yeah like squirrel falls into blah 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 fire blah blah blah. we we can cover it yep because we have yeah whatever Mm -hmm. that whole thing that's basically what contracts are and they just get stacked on the back end of it it's like if a squirrel crawls into your kicking foot and you it dies and you get sued by PETA. We do not have to pay for that, even if you're on Indianapolis Colts property. It's like, okay, clear. I'll stay. I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled yeah. for the fucking squirrels. But that is, it's not that exactly. But that is the type of shit that is in these contracts. So when somebody says, "I didn't fully understand the contract," it makes sense. It can happen, mm-hmm. even to the smartest people. I think joining us now, a very intelligent man. Oh yeah, big old brain on this guy. Okay, he. Uh, Went to a college in Alabama that wasn't the University of Alabama. 
Oh, really? Yeah, think about that. Oh, so not real tight. Not War Eagle. Oh, hey, a little hey, war eagle. bit of respect. He once got bit by the uh, dog diner in Georgia. After Ugga? Yeah, he broke up a pass. Oh, yeah. And did one of these, flexed on it. And the dog said, what are you doing? Hey, hey, hey. He was drafted in the same class as me to the Indianapolis Colts. Played for the Indianapolis Colts, then I think the Cardinals, then the Ravens, I yep. believe. Uh, legendary cornerback, ladies and gentlemen, Gerard Powell. Yeah! yeah! Oh, look at that house! Wow. Look at that house! Oh, relax, relax, <laughs> relax. I don't have the 20 acres that you got that I you can just go outside and punt. 80-yard footballs all day and kick balls. So, True. you know, a little house. Well, I mean, if you spend all the acreage building the house, I mean, that is what's going to happen. <laughs> that thing looks massive. You deserve it. Congratulations. Uh, it's great to see you again. I told you earlier whenever I FaceTimed you, you look unbelievable, dude. You didn't get fat at all. Looks like you're still in, like, really good shape. I'm pumped for you. Nah, well, I got three uh, three sons that only thing they want to do is go outside and run. So that's my cardio every day. So it's been working ever since I retired. So everything's good right now. All right, let's <laughs> dive into it. Let's dive into it. So at corner, you know, it's like greatest athletes on the field, right? I think most NFL players would agree with that. Most football players would agree with that. Like, hey, the corner is the most dynamic athlete we have because they are being tasked with reacting to the greatest athletes in everybody's at all times. With this Xavier right. Howard situation, and then I went back to Darrell Rivas, corners know that there's only a certain window that your body is going to be able to be a top guy for, right? Like, that is something that is very understood. And is that where Xavier's coming from here, you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he's just at the point of his career where he knows he's in the middle of his prom. I mean, you get 10 interceptions last year and the the number one corner on the Miami Dolphins. I think he just knows uh, his value and everything that's going on right now. And he's just trying to find the best situation to capitalize the most that he can. Right. Well, while he has all the leverage. And uh, when you look at the, the situation in Miami with floors and, you know, they've done a good job in turning that organization around. But, you know, everybody knows the New England type guys. Uh, it's a certain way of how they, you know, run their organization. And I don't think Xavier is really fit for that uh, that model or that style. So I think that's why he's voicing his opinion about wanting to get traded and just put in a better situation uh, that, that just fits his style. So, um I think he's doing a good job. I mean, if I'm coming off of a year with 10 picks, shoot, I'm going to try to, you know, shake some things up too, get ready to get another bag and, and, and ride this thing on out. I would as well, and uh, especially if I played corner. We're talking to eight-year NFL vet uh, Gerard Powers. He was drafted, what, third round? Third round, yes, sir. He came out early too, right? Yep, yeah, came out early. Came out early in the old tough SEC. Oh, Jesus, the SEC. What are you guys doing? you guys trying to buy every school, by the way? Is this what we're doing? You guys are just <laughs> going to take all the big names from every conference and try to make a no. no, we're like the pretty girl of the bunch. Everybody wants us. Everybody uh, wants mm. to be a part of our party. You know, we're not we're not searching for anybody. We don't need it. We really don't need to add anybody. But uh, you talk about Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, they, they bring value. Uh, fan bases, you know, they're historic, um, you know, organizations that they have in themselves you know so you add that to the sec it's just going to make it even uh even better but auburn's never going to win vote them in, so we'll see you guys are never going to win auburn's never going to win again you guys are done dead in the water what you guys are dead in the water <laughs> 
Oh my God, we're, that's another topic. We can wait. We can wait to uh, Saturdays to start talking about that. But uh, we're gonna shock some people this year. Harson's gonna do a good job. We're gonna shock people this year. Uh, is Saban just signed to what twenty thirty or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah. Saban just Tell signed. Death, to, I, yeah, think. I think he uh-huh. signed <laughs> lifetime deal. Yeah. I think he did. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said deathbed deal. Right. Mm-hmm. I will opt out of this on my deathbed. I, it's hey, War Eagle down there, draw. Let's get back to the uh, to the NFL though. Um, you're a great teammate, great corner. At what point in being a corner do you realize like there's some places you'll do great, there's some places you won't. Like, are there certain places that if Xavier goes to, he knows he'll be great in? Are there certain defenses that he should want to go to? Or is there places that are definitely interested in Xavier in your eyes? You think? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just one of them situations. You know, like for instance, this is like with us. You know, we got drafted. We was a Polian. We were Polian guys. So when you come into the league uh, as a rookie and all that type of stuff, you're only going to be accustomed to what you know, and that's obviously your draft team. But when you look at Xavier, you know, Vance Joseph was the the guy that drafted him in Miami. He was his DC, and you know, with him being in Arizona. Uh, I, you just think that's the perfect fit, you know, where he can go. And then you look at Arizona's situation, you know, you uh, you let Pat P walk out. So corner is a big need and a big spot uh, that you're looking to fill on your defense. And so why not try to get one of the best corners in the league who's coming off a, a hell of a year, you know, with the 10 picks, and then he can be reunited with the coach that actually drafted him. So it won't be like you're drafting a guy that has to learn all these new systems, these new terminology. You'll be drafting a guy that knows the defense already and and is playing at a high level. And, uh, you know, with Arizona, you know, you sign J.J. Watt, you know, you're putting all your chips in a basket. You sign A.J. Green, uh, you're putting all your chips in a basket to try to win this thing this year. Uh, it's not like a, a rebuilding process. So it's just one of those things that, that you would think that if we can get Xavier Howard to fill that cornerback role, you know, it's going to put our defense over that hump that we need because you definitely going to need a lockdown corner. I mean, you got DK Metcalf, you got, uh, you know, you got all these top, the, you got the Vikings week two, you got all these top receivers that you're going to have to face uh, week in, week out, you know, with Matt Stafford over there with the Rams and, and all the receivers that they got. So you just know you're going to have to have some, some elite level cornerback play you know, on your defense to hold things down. And I just thought, you know, Xavier Howard would be a great fit in Arizona if they can make that happen. Yeah, and you tweeted to Pro Football Focus after they said that that would be a dream scenario for both sides. You said that Miami actually offered them this trade earlier this year and the cards turned it down. Is that real? How do you know that? No, that's real. Uh, I got a, I got a source that, that. That's real. Uh, now, I don't know if it was like, the, the paperwork of the trade or however it worked. But I do know Miami reached out about trying to do a player-for-player deal uh, with Chandler Jones. And then you look at Chandler Jones, who was he drafted by? A New England guy, right? Flores was there. So you just think that, you know, it, it'll fit with Chandler Jones going to Miami. But that did happen early in the year. And, uh, and I think with the Chandler Jones requesting a trade and everything, it kind of blindsided Arizona a little bit just because they weren't expecting anything like this to happen. But – uh, Arizona was in a good spot. You know, you had Hassan, who I think uh, signed with Carolina, who was, uh, you know, their number one draft pick a few years ago. You could have signed him to a minimum deal, not a minimum deal, but signed him for lesser money and got Xavier Howard, shipped Chandler to, to Miami, and everybody still would have been happy. You still got J.J. Watt. You still got another pass rusher and all that. So I thought it was just a good a good fit and a good scenario for both sides. Um, but that that was early in the year when they tried to do that. And my my source that I have now are saying that uh, Miami's just looking for a future one 
uh, for Xavier right now. So I don't even know if they even want Chandler anymore, but uh, they're looking for a future one for him. So, you know, some way, somehow, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl right now, I think he's worth the future one. Like, it don't got to be next year. It don't got to be this year. You know, it can be down the road. But if you're trying to win right now, which everybody is, you look at Tampa and the things that they did with signing guys, uh, you know, with Tom Brady, they putting all their chips in the basket. Nobody got time to rebuild in the NFL anymore. You know, you, you got to hey, right He's going to want a new deal, though, Gerard, right? He's going to want a new deal. That's what he's going to want, though. So that goes along with the future one. So it'll be a future one and a new deal immediately on there. But with the way the salary cap is now, nothing matters. You see what the do you see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They, no, nothing matters. The salary cap doesn't matter anymore. Nobody realizes it yet. But the the salary cap does not matter. There's so many like loopholes, Gerard. Loopholes. Yeah, so many, and that's that's my whole point. There's so many loopholes that you can you can get a deal done to where it's in your favor, or, or both. It works for both sides. Uh, all these GMs, I think, have, have figured it out and uh, done a good job in doing that. Like, I don't want to keep bringing Tampa up, obviously, but you look at Jason, nah. the GM there. I mean, Tampa, we weren't talking about Tampa being a contender, Super Bowl, none of this a couple years ago. And these guys found a way to make it happen all of a sudden. So I think everybody needs to kind of take on that blueprint. And if you can get guys that can come in and help your team right away, you damn sure better do it or you might not have a job next offseason if you don't win. So it's just one of those things that you look at Arizona, I mean, you know, they got talent. I mean, you look at their roster, they got talent, man. And it's just a matter of putting the right pieces together. And it's just all going to fall on the, the the front office and the organization and making sure they're doing what they got to do to to make sure this team is in position to win. Because, you know, like I always say, with, if Russell Wilson's is still in Seattle, they got a chance to win an NFC. You look at the Rams, they, they went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, and now you got Matt Stafford and all that. So you got to uh, put them back at the top. So if you don't do something as an organization just to keep up and and keep bettering your team you're gonna fall fall to the wayside no matter who's on your roster so you got to think we got to win now Gerard uh before the boys have a question for you I have one final question because I just listened to you basically fantasy GM a couple of different teams there and this leads to a point where in the locker room in the NFL, it's different than high school. In high school, the coach is the smartest football person in the world, and they are teaching you. In college, same thing. Hey, coaches are teaching you. In the NFL, whenever you become a veteran, five years, six years, seven years, eight years, nine years, 16 years in the NFL in one franchise, the play, hey, football IQs are really fucking high. You know, like it, it gets to the point where, in this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers, like requesting a seat at the table, at least whenever we're making fucking decisions, this guy who's been in a more powerful position for the Green Bay Packers longer than the GM has been yeah. and has more success and is the MVP, and he's 16 years into this thing. And now they're saying they're trying to figure out how to incorporate his opinions into things. It's like that has to happen in the NFL because there is so many big brain players in the NFL that kind of understand and see things. I'm excited for Aaron to get a chance to say some stuff, but that is like the new age of the NFL. I think that people hate in the old days, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Uh, it used to be that every time that, that any team has success, people just look at the front office and be like, Oh, they're so they're, they're great. How they do things. You know, what a great year. If it wasn't for this trade or this guy thinking of this. And I think players at the point now, they're like, nah, fuck that. Like, <laughs> you know, he, only reason why we won because he wanted to come over. Oh no. It was a good take. Yeah. Too. It was a good take. Oh, hey, his house is so big. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's getting in the way of the satellite. Oh, Seriously. Yeah. That's you, potentially what it is. Oh, so my, I, no, my bad about that. It was so hot outside. My damn phone 
said that needs to cool down. Where are you? You're down in Alabama? Yeah, uh, of course, God's country. I don't know. I mean, that's Iowa. Yeah. What is it? Seven thousand degrees down there all the time. Your yeah, phone just pretty, pretty much. Is that much. Is, is that just a normal thing in the South? Like, hey, you talk on Facetime for five minutes outside, that thing's going to overheat and die. Uh, I think it's these new iPhones they're making are just weak, man. Oh, oh that's not true. Uh, it's just that new is. generation. Hey, this new generation. You know what I mean? Uh, all right, Rod, let's dive back into this, though. And you were about to give an incredible quote, I believe. And I was asking you, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, 16 years for the Green Bay Packers. He's been in a more powerful and successful position than the current GM is, by the way, for the Green Bay Packers. And he's never had a chance to really say anything or even be asked, like, his opinion on anything. And in the modern NFL, with the how high football IQ is now between coaches, players, with the amount of film and study, especially if you've been in a place eight years, nine years, 10 years, 16 years, it seems like there is a time coming where players are maybe, rightfully so, going to get a chance to say some shit and have some decisions because it's the right move. If the locker room isn't in, you're not going to, you don't really have a chance. I, I like this for Aaron. I like it maybe as a precedent going forward. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I like it. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, one of the best to, to ever do it. And you mean to tell me he can be here 16 plus years and not have any say on anything that happens? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, he's the reason why. I mean, I think Russell Wilson was kind of having a riff last offseason about, you know, being involved in those type of things as well. I mean, when you get guys that's been there for so long and been successful and really the only reason why that, that your team is good is because of these guys, you got to include them in, in some type of personnel decision. You got to give them some type of power to make their, make them feel like that they're a part of this thing too, because, um, uh, it was a, a day and time where, where players didn't really understand the business like they do now. So now you you can't really do anything as far as running around or lying or doing any any of that just because of the players today. They know the business of it. They know the business side of it, and uh, and, and they want to be you know a part of it because we're talking about legacies. We're talking about you know people that's going to go down as some of the best to ever play this game. So of course they want some type of say in, in something that's going on in the front office just because you're messing with their legacy as well. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think he might be older than his head coach uh, or something like that. So he needs to have some type of the same power, same level, uh, just because he's been through it. He's been through it all, you know, since he's been there. He saw how how they did Brett Favre and, and his exit, you know, out of Green Bay, and he's making sure that they're not going to F him over either. Uh, so I, I think it's a good thing that players are trying to uh, are starting to flex their muscle a little bit just because, I mean, at the end of the day, if Aaron Rodgers said that he wasn't going to show up and he wasn't going to play, uh, that, that little backup plan that they had, uh, or at least that they thought that they were going to have to do, they knew that that shit wasn't going to work. They need, they need A-Rod under center. So uh, you better do whatever you can to make these guys happy or they're going to continue to flex their muscle going forward. Okay, and Jordan Love might be incredible. This is not about Jordan Love, by the way. Jordan Love doesn't deserve this, but if you don't have the MVP as your quarterback, your team's going to look much different than when your team has the MVP at quarterback. Could you imagine Peyton Manning having no say in anything? Could you imagine that? Listen, Peyton Manning was telling us what we can do on, on the itinerary schedule. Like, no, we're not doing that. We're doing this. Like, so I can only imagine. Like, I remember when we went to the Super Bowl and we had, like, our little family meeting about the itineraries and all that type of stuff. 
And um, and I remember they said something about like we could have our wives in the room and all that. And Peyton cut that out quick. And I remember <laughs> Mr. Napoleon was like, oh, well, we'll talk about it. And Peyton's like, no, this is how it is. <laughs> this is point. And everybody was like, all right, well, that's it. All right, we'll, write, <laughs> we'll write that down. No families. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, that was an awesome moment. We're just sitting there. We're all just sitting there. Hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. This is so fucking cool. Me and you were rookies, obviously. Right. This is unbelievable. You're playing a much larger role than me as a rookie, and I couldn't even imagine what was going through your mind, but it was like, ah, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. It's going to be pretty sweet. And then there's like uh, Vinatieri. I'm sitting next to Vinatieri. He's been to 100 of these. So I'm like, what is this meeting or whatever? <laughs> He's like, Pullian's going to go through Pullian's going to go through everything It's because it's like a bowl week. You know, it's almost yeah. like, it's like a bowl week for college players. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we just got – all right, I, I kind of understand that. And then when Paulian was like, uh, for Monday through Thursday, your families will be allowed or whatever on uh, in your rooms. I know a lot of people were worried about that potentially. And uh, before that sentence could even get out of – like, and the period didn't even come yet, uh, they just stood up. No families. No. <laughs> no, 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 fam- no families on our uh, floor. You get another floor. He said it just like that. You get a room on another floor. And then he sat back down and Bill said, okay, we'll talk about that. Stood back up. No, no, we won't. <laughs> it was, it was incredible. And That's I think exactly how it went. And I think that is why, like when I hear that Aaron has had no say or anything, I am so mit- like just fucking mind blown by it. I'm like, what are we even talking about? With Cause there was coaches that openly said, Hey, as long as Peyton's here, I'm here. You know, like, Hey, as long as <laughs> right. whatever Peyton needs me to do basically is like how it right. was run. And Peyton, obviously much different person, I think than Aaron, but then Peyton, they, he, he gets cut. Obviously, wild. Peyton Manning was just cutting from the team. See you later, Andrew. Yeah, that was that was a wild time. Wild. Hey, don't <laughs> answer your phone. I was told. I was told don't answer your phone. They're fucking cutting everybody, dude. They're, they are cutting. <laughs> they are cutting everybody right now. I'm like, all right. Hopefully, I make it there. He goes to Denver yeah. though. He has success. Two Super Bowls. Wins one of them. Tom Brady leaves New England after becoming friends with uh, Peyton. Probably hearing what Peyton has been able to do and going, "Give me the fuck. Are we kidding?" Goes down to Tampa. <laughs> wins the Super Bowl. Aaron Russell. Everybody hearing this are like, wait. A second, I've been thinking this all along that if I was able to make some more decisions, we'd be able to win this goddamn thing. Right. It's, it's fascinating how this is going to turn out because there's only a couple of those guys that can do it. And if those guys get upset or offended or something like that, the the value of a franchise and success of a franchise can drop so quick. And I think now players know that. I think now guys are like, there's been a blueprint time and time and time again where if I have a little say. We'll be able to win a Super Bowl. It's happened with everybody else who's in my level. I'd like to do the same thing. Go ahead, Ty. Gerard, speaking of the Packers, uh, Randall Cobb is going back there, and uh, they drafted Amari Rodgers out of Clemson. They, they've never really had, uh, at least while LaFleur has been the head coach, they've never had like a, a slot threat like that. As a defensive back, when you still have Devontae Adams on one side and you know Robert Tanya had a great year, like how, what does that do defensively to open the field up and make them that much more of a nightmare, especially after Rodgers just had his best statistical year ever? Right. Uh, I mean, well, I think everybody remember the connection with him and Randall Cobb and all that from back in the day, but you would hope that Randall still got a lot of juice and uh, can still make some plays because if, if Devontae Adams and Aaron was able to do what they were doing without a true number two on their team and they're still out there scorching people, just imagine if it was somebody else that's a threat on the field that can open uh, even more options and more things up. So you would hope that Randall can come back in and uh, he, he still got a bunch of juice left to where he can win some one-on-one matchups and uh, and spread the ball out some. And, uh, 
And another thing I think that's going to be big with that, I'm not saying Randall's going to come in and just save the day, but at least you know Aaron trusts him. At least you know there's already a relationship there and there's already some type of rapport uh, that, that when they get on the field, it's not like a trust issue because I think Aaron – does have trust issues with certain guys. I mean, he's only been able to really trust one guy, and that's Devontae Adams. So you bring another guy into the fold, and then, like you said, with the rookie that got out of Clemson, you hope that he turns out to be the player that they think. And and now all of a sudden Aaron might have the weapons that, you know, enough weapons like he had when he went to the Super Bowl back in 2010-ish or when, when you know, it was Donald Driver and all those guys. Jordan. So you would hope that they got some weapons to where guys Great can just tennis. win some one-on-one battles and open that field up. He he's kind of the guy that is talked about, I think, and I might be wrong. But when that back shoulder came into play, you you guys were fucked, right? You guys, yeah, corners were absolutely the back shoulder just kind of really that that's an Achilles heel, right? I mean, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's the, probably the toughest throw to defend. Uh, it took guys it took guys a few years to just learn how to defend a back shoulder. So now you'll see a bunch of corners once they get engage with the receiver they'll look back through the guy for the back shoulder before they play how you traditionally play uh but that back shoulder aaron Rodgers kind of put that thing on the map to where can't nobody throw this ball better than me so <laughs> just perfect coverage. i picked his back shoulder though I yeah I was, back hey by the way second half that was chuck strong game uh that was we were down to green bay and I believe your pick was what in the first couple minutes of the third quarter. Yeah, right? The third, yep. We were down like seventeen at half. They were beating our ass. <laughs> Did you hang on to that ball? Oh yeah, I got it hung up. I tell people all the time. I was like, yeah, because in Arizona, I actually got uh, a couple good shots on Aaron. I kind of knocked him out on the sideline a couple times. So when like friends and stuff come over, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like some guys I just had good games against. Aaron Rodgers was one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you got pictures? You got pictures of you hitting them? And then, uh, yeah, this is the ball he threw me in the second half. Yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're, we're buds. Yeah, yeah. We'll play catch in the second half. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Gerard, with everything going on with Xavier Howard and also Stephen Gilmore wanting a little bit of a pay bump, do you see him taking kind of the same stance or because he is a New England guy, like you mentioned, in that mentality that he'll just kind of play out the rest of his year and then go into free agency well i think at the end of the day guys don't want to miss out on money especially dbs we're a little different we know our time only comes uh at, at certain moments so like i said you, you got guys like these guys who are at the top of their game just trying to capitalize as much as they can and when you look at the um at the money i think gilmore's making he might be making like seven or eight million this year and we're talking about a top two corner he might not be number two he might be the best corner in the league so he just wants his average pay up and uh and i think that they're going to make something happen over there because if you take stefan off of that defense uh it, it, it'll cause you a bunch of problems in new england but i think i don't think new england's just going to let stefan walk i do think that bill will do something to where he'll just upgrade his pay for the year so he can average out to be paid as one of the top guys in the league i think that's his biggest issue is just when you look at all these other corners getting paid i think he He's at the the middle or towards the bottom, and, and he shouldn't be at the end of the day. Why do you fucking keep calling him Steven? Well, so because I called him Stefan, and Paul, Tom Pelissero, the arrow, the neural link, said, hey, it's Steven. 
And I mean, he gets his information directly from Goodell. So I don't know. What do you want me to Just do? Just call him Gilly. Just call him Gilly. Yeah. Gilly Lock. Yeah. All right. Because by the way, you've said it the last couple of days. Yes. And I've heard it. And I'm like, all right, he's saying that for a reason. I'm not going to ask. But then when Drog came back and said, Stefan. Like, oh, okay. We do have to address it. Because I called him Stefan. And when the neural link said it's Steven, I just took it as gospel because he doesn't get anything wrong. All right, Drog. Stop fucking it up. All right. We need to get the guy's <laughs> name yeah, right at right. least. You're hey, right. I appreciate you, man. You're so good on here thank you so much for that hey man you gotta start sitting down when you're interviewing why are you standing up you made me nervous this whole time just get fucking internet all right, <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen Gerard Bauer. Yeah. now that the world's opening back up so many new thrills are on the horizon okay and whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started we're excited to get back out there and meet new people hell yeah when the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. They <laughs> should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Obviously joining us from some Airbnb somewhere he got catfished into running this place. Mm. Yesterday we got a chance to see his entire bedroom as his bookshelf fell off the ceiling in which it was hanging from. It was a low point in this show's history, but yeah. today I know he'll be back with a vengeance and electricity and magic and majesty, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. What's up, dude? What's up, fellas? I can't guarantee that this will not fall again. I've reinforced it with multiple kinds of tape, but it is not looking good. I got done and looked up yesterday, and it was hanging on by a thread. Like We were probably two minutes away from it falling again. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to let you know, I watched that back a few times yesterday, and uh, really a moment. In our, a lot of people were saying, oh, what's next? 
AJ's going to tell me his jaw's fake as well. Oh, oh, holy shit. A lot, a lot of people are saying, oh, we've been bamboozled. We've been hoodwinked. We thought AJ was sitting in front of a thousand books with no names on them every single day. A lot of people were heartbroken for what happened yesterday. Do you have anything to say to the people that feel like you lied to them and maybe led them astray to make them think you're a big bookworm, pal? I can't speak on the, the bookshelves. If you get uh, caught and you, you think this is a real bookshelf, that's on you at this point. <laughs> nice to new to the show. That is on you, absolutely. Uh, Fuck but you said. Fuck speaking him. of the jaw, did you see, uh, what's his name, The Zach Efron? Have you seen a picture of that dude? What's he doing? Have you seen his face? All right, so Zach Efron and I actually do have history. I've not seen his face recently, but Zach and I, we know each other, all right? I was actually okay. in a photo wow. with Zach Efron. He's know. awesome. Huh? He's awesome. I love him. I, I watched that show when he traveled around the country and did a bunch of different things. Oh, you watched that? <laughs> it was a good concept, right? I think I think I watched like maybe a couple minutes of it. I saw a clip on the internet probably. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't get a chance to see it. Zach Efron was a good guy. When we saw him, he came into the Colts locker room uh, afterwards, and uh, he was there for a Christmas game. I think it was sometime Christmas game we were home. He had a Christmas hat on, if I do recall. Him and Jim Irsay are buddies somehow. I'm not 100% sure how, but okay. him and Jim Irsay know each other well. He came down into the uh, locker room afterwards, and there was a little bit of a buzz near the locker room. And uh, Overton was sitting right next to me. I'll never forget it. And uh, Hasselbeck is over here near the quarterbacks. And Hasselbeck walks over to me and Overton. This is after the game. We got a win. And he goes, uh, do you see Zach Efron's over there? <laughs> And uh, I looked at Hasselbeck and I said, excuse me? And because uh, I had no idea what a Zach Efron was, obviously. And that is, I think I was a generation too old for Zach. Got nothing but respect, but I wasn't. Matt Overton jumps up in excitement. Zach Efron's here? Okay. <laughs> Matt Overton, same age as me. All right. So I, I looked at Overton and I was like, what is your fucking problem? He's like, bro, he is a goat, dude. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I was like, all right, can't wait to learn about this guy. I'm sitting down still. And I look over to my left and there's this incredibly attractive dude standing there. And I was like, that's Zach Efron right there. He was like, that's him. I'm like, God damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was like this tall, you know, but he was unbelievably attractive or whatever. And Overton was like, oh, he's one of those Disney kids. He was on a Disney show growing up, this whole thing. I'm like, oh, this guy has to be beloved by everybody. So he comes over, right? He, he just walks over to us, basically. I think we're the closest and just like starts like almost like introducing himself. And I go like a fool, hey, how's it going, dude? Uh, nice to meet you, man. Once you get into town, you had to fucking tear this place down. You're, you you got to be loved by everybody, huh? I mean, fucking, you got after it last night or something like that? Oh, I've actually been sober for like six months or whatever. Thanks for asking or whatever. I'm like, oh, fucking, of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry, right? This is, uh, and Overton does a full, like, and by the way, he was completely cool with it. Yeah, so Overton does a full thing. Wow. You can see me in the back there. Uh, I was uh, going to catch something. Yeah, I was going to catch something. I'm in the back. That is my right arm in the back of that picture there that Overton got with Zac Efron. Zac Efron was incredibly cool, incredibly nice. I just felt like I shit all over it. This picture was then posted on a bunch of tabloid sites. Wow. Because this is the first picture of seeing him since everything had happened, I guess. Mm. So uh, that Matt Overton was on like uh, every tabloid in the world, basically. And the, and people forget, I'm right there in the back. I mean, you see my right Wait, What arm. happened? What do you mean? What, what was the big thing that happened? He got into a fight or something. He had some something happened, right? Something happened where he he had to go get, he had to go, like, he, I, I think something happened. Something happened. First picture post-rehab or something, something like that. Something like yeah. that, yeah. I'm oh, not okay. I don't know the full story. All I know is that Zach Efron was very nice to me. Okay, he was 
incredibly nice to what looked like a dream come true for Matt Overton <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, I got, I'm pulling for him. Is he look awesome now? Is he look absolutely incredible? Is that what you're talking about? Is there a recent photo of him or is this just you watching his series? I'm sure if Zeke, I don't know if it's real or not, but yeah, there's a side-by-side. Looks like he has changed his jaw structure somehow. He must be chewing a lot of gum, doing some kind of exercises. Oh, oh. so he's, he's, he's looking like A.J. Hawk? He's looks on good. That. I mean, yeah, he looks good, man, I think. What do you do? You just do that thing, right? That's what you do that Versa thing. climber. Yeah, you do the versa climber thing, right? And then you do taekwondo. Yep, yeah, yeah right. With, huh? with two. Obviously. No, I hadn't. I'd, I'd taken a break from my, my illustrious taekwondo career. I'm thinking about getting back into it. Now. Hey, yes. did you see me boxing there going uh, back into it? I'm, I'm starting to hit the heavy bag. I'm starting to wake up in the morning and like... I've always said I don't want an actual box. The virtual reality boxing is enough for me. But then the amount of videos I'm seeing of people in these virtual reality boxing and they're going the distance and going to the judges. And these are people I have a little bit of respect for athletically. I'm like, I have never made it to the judges in that game. I have beat everybody at every level on that thing. All the comments say, like, hey, this is the most realistic physics-wise to actual boxing. And I'm like... All right, I got a lot of respect for a lot of these people that are going in there and not doing what I'm putting everybody fucking down. Like, mm-hmm. is this real life or not? So I'm starting to get to the point where I'm maybe getting a little bit too confident, and I think I got to go to a little boxing gym and get punched in the actual face and be like, okay, let's go back to the virtual reality. <laughs> that, I think I need that, though. I'm starting to get to that point, AJ. I mean, th- th- I think you either need to do that or let's say you go into the little local boxing gym, you do very well, you're, you're bobbing and weaving, you're like Floyd Mayweather, you don't take any damage, you're going to be calling up Jake or Logan Paul, I'm guessing, trying to get one of those fights. Now, I think me, Jake, and Logan should take on some uh, European YouTubers. Ooh, if I uh, ever, if I ever, I would never want to fake. Vitaly. What's that? That Vitaly kid, you ever seen him? I don't know who he is, but I'm nowhere near that stage yet. Okay, Jake and Logan actually training boxing. I do not want to fight Jake and Logan ever or whatever. But, like, I think I am going to have to potentially see for a little bit. And cardio-wise, I might be... I'll do it. You want to spar? I'm terrible. But I'll spar with you if you want. If you want to get hit a few times. I want to let you know. AJ Hawk is the last motherfucker I'm sparring with. <laughs> You'll catch me. I promise you, my defense is awful. You'll catch me. It doesn't matter though. You are Chris Moutinho, dude. You have <laughs> you have proven that in your football career. Zero concussions documented, even in a play that your tooth vaporized. Yeah. <laughs> that is you you, you should have whenever your shit is that just dissipated dis- the blow. It took it took all the impact. And that's why wearing a mouth guard just wasn't your thing, right? I'll, I'll let these teeth eat this. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Conspiracy theorists, yeah. Love mouth guards. <laughs> You've had like eight root canals. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a good amount of those, but who knows if football caused any of that? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Of course, dude. Of course. But anyways, no, in, I'm not sparring with uh, you. No way. So are you saying like you want to go in and like hit the mitts and the guy just the guy like kind of just throwing hands around you or do you want a legit spar? That's right. I'm trying to figure out how to go about doing this because I can just hit mitts in the goddamn virtual reality thing. You know what I mean? And, and I know that that is like the steps you got to go to, but I can't just walk in and just exp- like. You gonna tell him, hey, I'm getting a little too bumps. cocky. What'd what do you, you say? I'm getting too cocky in the Oculus Arena, so I need someone to kind of punch me in the mouth, but not too hard. Not too hard. I don't need any marks on the face here. I can't be showing up. You know this what I mean? My, this is what makes my money. So you're just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't be. So is there any way somebody, like in the Oculus Arena, for instance, the first guy that you fight against is in your little local gym. There's like four people there. He's a big fat stooge sitting there, uh-huh. and he just gets beat up. 
Does every gym have one of those guys where you just go yeah, in? I think so. I, the Oculus Arena allegedly is. is I think you should, uh, Pat. I think you should assume every guy is that big fat stooge. Any gym you go into and just challenge them all, see no, if any of them will get in. There. No, no. That's the thing is I've learned uh, via the internet that that is not what you like. Everything that is I'm saying right now is the exact opposite of what I need to be saying if I'm going into any of these gyms. Okay, like me saying I'm getting a little bit too confident. Like they love that. I think. They're mm-hmm. Like, oh, this little fucking virtual reality guy. I've been doing this since I was six years old. <laughs> yeah. Every single there's just so much to it. So I don't know the proper steps, and I think I'm just going to stay in virtual reality and punch the hell out of the uh, heavy bag. But at some point, I think I'm going to have to figure out whether or not it translates. I just don't think I'm at that point yet. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I I understand, I guess. But uh, that's a scary situation because either you get humbled real quick or the scarier thing is that you don't get humbled and you're delusional (laughs) confidence begins to grow even more. That is what would scare me. But I am rooting for that one. I want your, <laughs> I want you to get in there and feel really good about yourself and legit start getting into boxing. Imagine me. Of course, I just fucking knock a guy out. <laughs> All right, who's next? And then that becomes the problem, you know. And that's what you want, obviously, because you enjoy that type of stuff. I'm, I'm sure there's other people that have been through. Uh, AQ Shipley wants me to go ahead and get a, a couple early wins too. I assume. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're crushing people. Yeah, Corbin, keep going, Baron Corbin. Oh, oh my God, he would fucking. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you're killing people, yeah. And you guys are very good friends. You need to have friends like that around you for sure, but that is the problem I'm having. But let's move along to other things that matter, actually, in this whole thing. We'll talk to Trent Dilfer here in about 17 minutes. And uh, Central Standard Time is one hour, right, behind? Yes. So right now it's 1.13 Eastern. Over there it's 12.13, right? Correct. Okay, cool. So we weren't late. No. All right. We're good to go. It was locked in as 12.30 uh, CST, right? Yes. Quick math, 1.30 EST, EDT, actually where we're living at right right now. So I think we're potentially getting a trend that might have been waiting for a while. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. And I want to let everybody, hey, I have documented footage that this is not. But we need to get that out early to Trent. Like, hey, we thought, hey. 130 EDT, we thought was the time. I don't want there to be any pissed off Trent Dilfer. No, definitely not. Oh. Hey, EDT, CSTA, one me. By the way, Correct. good shirt to be wearing right there. Yeah, He's going to love that. We support that. Go Mustangs. Go Mustangs. Uh, there we go. And tight end U was there as well. Let's go uh, and talk about it. Aaron Rodgers here, though, a little bit. Have you chatted with him from your family vacation since he had arrived? I know yesterday you made the announcement of the sunglasses being yours. That was some breaking news. Did you hear how the locker room maybe reacted when he came back or his coaches? Did they say, oh, we don't want you here, you know, because he was doing uh, handling business potentially for them in the future? How did yesterday go, and have you caught up with A-Rod? No, I have not uh, spoke with, with Aaron, you know, camp. That's how it goes. But I'm definitely talk with people in the in the building there in the facility okay. every day. I still okay. communicate with them a lot, and uh, I was I was shocked to hear that nobody really shunned him. No one told him to get out when they saw him walking in. What? Wow. I figured there'd be like a picket line, like no, bud, can't come in. They would put their arms up. I guess they were they were all pretty cool, and they were actually very very happy that not only the players but the coaches were very happy as well to have him back. Really? Huh. So it was like a hey, good to see ya type mm-hmm. reaction from the everybody in the building that matters basically? I I guess that is so. Yeah. I mean, you were from what you were feeding me, I thought for sure that was not the case, but yeah, I guess they they really want him back there. Hmm. Put it on the ticker, oh, man. Yeah. Got to put it on the ticker. It's weird to hear. I never would have guessed that. No. Yeah. Never been told all I day. I need to know. Yesterday. You got to tell me who. Wasn't just 
Who? It was yeah. whom? Yeah, just name someone. Who, who's? Okay. Who's? They weren't keeping it 100. OJ Simpson. <laughs> What's that? OJ? I don't know what OJ said. I think OJ was on air inside, actually. He was. Entire yeah. thing. Okay. Which isn't great. I don't know why you brought that up. It doesn't help the whole argument. What the hell was that? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he can't read the comments, right? There's no, no way. No. He doesn't know where those videos are going. He has never seen the Twitter app before, right? No. no. I don't think he's ever scrolled. I think he just goes on there, hey, throw this video up, and then I'm out. No, I don't think he's... I don't think... He sends it to somebody? I think somebody's saying, hey, let's yeah. let's do this. I think. Uh, By the way, good idea, I guess. Yeah. You know, we get a chance to hear OJ's thoughts on fantasy football. Yeah. And stuff. What's hey, you think? Wait. <laughs> hey, OJ, cut a promo about the vaccination. Let's see what everybody says. Uh, Brett, he's, he's done that. And Brett Favre saw it and was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, shit. Yeah. OJ's getting in <laughs> on That's it. a fucking good idea. I can talk okay, about I got everything. Say. Everything. <laughs> That's your fault, AJ. So Aaron was well-received. Um, the Randall Cobb deal. It is fascinating, and it adds to a bunch of fascinating stories because he is still technically a Houston Texan, and he tweeted out a photo of him in a Green Bay Packers. You know, I'm coming home. (laughs) So after the pizza gif where he delivers a pizza to a house that is on fire Mm -hmm. immediately upon arriving at Houston when all hell broke loose, and that was really the... The beginning of the Jack Easterby in power era. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The Jack Easterby era is really what was happening there. And that's kind of settled down a little bit. I don't think Jack Easterby has, though. Mm. I, from what I've heard, maybe he's ramped that thing up even more. He's working. Got a little bit more of the Jesus in there. You know what I mean? A little bit more Jack Easterby making plays with Cal McNair. But now he's going back to Green Bay. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that Aaron and the Packers are still trying to restructure his contract for the one-year thing. Until they do such a thing, they won't have enough salary cap space to trade for Randall Cobb back to Green Bay. Is there any clarity or thoughts from you on this whole situation? I mean, I I told you how much he likes Randall and would like like to play with him. But So we'd have to look at Aaron's contract this year you all you need to do is take salary that was con- he was going to get paid per like every two weeks and put that into a roster bonus right and then it takes it off the the book so then the cap frees up for that year i, I assume that's what they're doing right? yeah that's what connor said new england had done for a long long time yeah. just a roster bonus signing bonus whatever it is opens up cap space and doesn't affect the future at all that has to be what they're doing what's taking so long then there's been a blueprint for that in a very easy fix but with all contracts they are very very thick in the in good faith uh thing that we mentioned yesterday for Aaron and the Packers has come up with Xavier Howard in the Miami Dolphins now in their entire situation, which I will likely move to next to listen to hear your thoughts on that because that statement was awesome. I'm here, but I don't fucking want to be, basically. <laughs> we'll get into that whole thing. The Aaron deal, is there more, you think, to be figured out than just the let's move the money to the roster thing? Because the quote from Brian Guttekunst is uh, Aaron will have the same say he's always had. All right, he's going to have the same say he's always had. Uh, he's he's earned a place at the table. Says part of the process this offseason has been figuring out how to incorporate that. So you're either contradicting yourself in the same exact sentence, saying he has the same say he's always had, now we're trying to incorporate that or whatever, or you're saying that he's not going to have a say at all yet again. So the interesting comment from Guttekunst, I think he's happy to have Aaron back in there. I don't know if he's thinking about every single word he's rolling out, but the fact that he hasn't 
I, is he admitting now that he's never had a say in anything? We never asked his opinion, basically. And how do we incorporate that? What is a way to incorporate that, you think? Because Gerard Powers and I just told a story and had a little reminisce nostalgia moment about Super Bowl week when Peyton Manning literally stood up and told uh, Bill Polian and everybody else that was in there, like, yeah, families aren't going to be on players' floors, actually. And then sat back down and Bill said, we'll, we'll discuss that. And then Peyton stood back up and said, no, no. No, we won't discuss that. Mm. That's how it's going to be or whatever. We just decided, actually. We just talked and then sat back down. And then it was like, all right, everybody adjust that. No families are allowed. You need to go get your own floor, basically. And I think after me seeing that, I just assumed that's what it was like. Has he just, he has no say in anything since you've been around? Like, hey, I like this guy. He, and we know publicly he said that and then they cut the guy the next day. That seems very wild to me that you wouldn't want one of the smartest players in the history of the NFL, one of the best players in the history of the game, and a guy who knows the building inside and out for being there for a decade and a half plus, you wouldn't want his inf- – what does that even mean? How did we even get to this point? I-, I feel like I'm more confused now than I've ever been. I mean, everyone is. It, it seems like – but what when Goody says he earned a place at the table, when did he earn a place? When are you saying he had this? If you said he has the same say now that he always has, so has he always had that place at the table? And did he earn the place by saying, hey, I fucking want a place at the table? Is that how you earn the place at the table, I wonder? I guess Aaron is speaking right now about everything. Zito told me there's three big quotes. This is coming from Big Ryan Wood. Hey, at by Ryan Wood, whenever he tweets something, we know it's real. Aaron Rodgers says issues started with the convo in February. I just expressed my desire to be more involved in conversations directly affecting my job. Also, I wanted to help the organization learn from maybe some of their mistakes in the past on how outgoing veterans were treated. Okay, this seems like very common uh, thread that we have been talking about through this yeah. entire thing. Now, that type of stuff is going to get dissected, and, and they're going to say, oh, he wants a 55. What's he going to ask? Jordy, no. There was a there was somebody tweeted, here's A.J. Hawk loosening up to get, rejoin the Packers. And yeah. it was, hey, A.J., it was an old grandpa, man. I want to let you know. They took a shot at you. I, you, I won't spar oh, you. Oh, man. That hurts. That really hurts me deep. I won't spar you, but I think they would. You know what I mean? I think they should to get a chance to experience both that jaw and those 10 fingers that are coming from anywhere. Oh, oh man. You know what I mean? Disgusting. Imagine that punch. That, you, the wings, the spread on that. The, oh. You're going to have to get size 4X gloves. Yeah, custom Something gloves for sure. Eye yeah, gouge every finger. time. Yeah. Right. Careful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it looks like. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's gross. That's what we've been saying this whole time. <laughs> like, think about it. Is he? Will he be able to box with a full finger that can't bend, though? Oh, yeah. yeah. He'll have to re-break them and then <laughs> make and then a Yeah. <laughs> he go down and bang. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. A uh, big knucks guy, this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hurt. should start doing the push-ups on your knucks like that because that's how you're going to have to box, we think, with how shattered and deformed okay. your shit is. I mean, I've been doing it like that for a while with my, you know, different wrist situations I've had over the years. Whoa. Oh, do you do? F- always. What do you do, finger or knuckle? No, I, no, I, I got to do like knuckles because I can't. Dude, the, you know, our whole wrist is... Ah! Oh, Get him off. Don't, don't show him. I, uh, I do the knuckle push-ups, too, by the way. Just makes me feel like I'm tougher. You know what I mean? Well, I thought Adrian... I mean, it doesn't. Just... It does not mean anything like that. Are you kidding me? If, you, if somebody was to walk by me doing push-ups on, on a goddamn pavement, and I've got my, mm-hmm. my knuckles Knock down... down. Ah! Ah! Yeah, people think that looks tough. No, I would never do that. I've never done that. I'm mostly doing it on carpeting whenever I'm doing it. Uh-huh. You're right, though, guys. You say, burn, guy's though. a fucking badass. Bingo. That's what they <laughs> the carpet burns no <laughs> joke either, Pat. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's why you can't really. That's why I don't do a lot of the ab stuff. No. Nah. Because I don't want to burn my knees. Yeah. Not worth it. 
right. We were talking about Aaron. I think there's another quote coming out from Aaron Rodgers. This is from Andrew Cicliano. I'm not a victim here at all. I want to reiterate that. I've been a pay, I've been paid a ton of money by this organization. True. He has been, and he's also earned a lot of money. I, yeah. I don't know what the investments uh, money's earning, but I think Aaron's probably earned a lot. He, and by the way, this is good self-awareness by them. It's definitely something I thought about, uh, Aaron Rodgers, on whether he considered retiring or not. That's via Ari Mirov. That's that's fascinating, and I think we all kind of witnessed that publicly whenever he was going through the Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, and then AJ came in quickly afterwards and said, um, did you hear that guy talk about why he loves the NFL? It's because of competition. You know how competitive he is? You think he's just going to be able to retire in this? No way. That's what you said this entire time. He's come out and said that he thought about it. Is that something you thought of, he thought about for real, you think? Or was that just a passing thought maybe in there? I could yeah, fucking I mean- retire. I would imagine that he, he when he thought about retiring, he's like, man, what if I do retire? And he thought about it for about three seconds, and he's like, why would I retire? I'm the MVP of the league. I want to go win more Super Bowls. I love playing football. I'm sure it, it was a passing thought. It it breezed through his brain for a half a second, and he's like, what? That'd be stupid. Why would I leave the game now? The amount of people that either almost quit football their freshman year of college you're la- were you one of them? I assume you're. No, no, no. But I was around multiple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you go into uh, you know college football strength and conditioning programs for the first time, and uh, I, I think a lot of people learn quickly, like, oh, this is a much different world all of a sudden. And the amount of people that were going to quit football in their freshman year of college that are now in the NFL and have made a lot of money. I, I would assume at this point it's in the thousands and thousands <laughs> yeah. of people that have had the most. The amount of guys who have thought about retiring from the NFL in numerous situations is high. Like, uh, I'm, a, I'm fucking done with this. I'm not doing it. And then it's actually like almost an ongoing joke with equipment managers. Like, yeah, he said he was gone last year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, we'll have your, hey, we'll have your jersey for you next year. <laughs> no, fuck, I ain't doing this ever again. Like, that is something that happens in moments, in slight stuff like that. But the full thought, like, for me, whenever I decided I was going to retire, there was a couple of years going into that last year where I was like, I'm fucking done with the bullshit. I'm, I'm, I, I just, I don't want to do it anymore. And I thought about it. But then I really sat down and thought about like future. Like, okay, what's my life going to be if I was to retire? What's that day to day going to look like? Who's going to be around me? How am I going to go? And I was completely wrong on what the day to day is going to look like. I will let everybody know this has been much more work than I could have <laughs> ever fathomed in my life. But it wasn't until I was comfortable with like, okay, I'm not going to be competing against other people on a day-to-day basis. I'm not going to be focused on doing one particular task. Like Those are things you have to get past. That's not something Aaron seems like, and I don't know him as well as you do. That doesn't seem like a conversation he would have and be like, yeah, I'm cool with not just beating the fuck out of everybody anymore. Like, you know, that, that feels like that's something that's deep in there, you know? Yeah, I think maybe if he had some, like, if he had multiple injuries, he was fighting through at all times, and he was just, it was affecting his life off the field, and he looking at his future. Yeah, then he could sit there and take a, a serious look at it. But luckily, I mean, we know he's had injuries and surgeries. Luckily, it seems like he's doing all right. And I'm sure he feels pretty good. I mean, he just won the MVP. He's he's had, what, like nine nine picks in how many, the last, like, how many years? Three, four years? I, Long time. He, he had two incompletions in an entire game that he threw four touchdowns in. I mean, if, like, and Tom Brady, yeah. by the way, even said that at the match. He was like, oh, that looks like a guy that would have two incompletions on a four-touchdown day or something like that. It is. And I think it's how I introed him for that Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Mm -hmm. A man who had two incompletions. This guy stinks. This guy couldn't complete all of his passes. He's unbelievable. Uh, Hopefully, you know, 
Dirty Gertie said the last chance. I think there's a lot of opportunity here for the relationship to grow, hopefully, between Aaron and Gunta Kuntz and Mark Murphy. And allegedly, I guess, if he has any say at all, that'll be better than what it has been for some time, which is absurd to think about. Can the Green Bay Packers make this thing right and let's ride this off into the sunset? I hope so. You know, I, I hope they're able to do that. But if not, I know there's going to be about 27, 28 teams that are excited yeah. about one year. Hey, Aaron, we hope you do well this year. Hey. Have a good one. We hope for your legacy, you win a Super Bowl, another MVP. But I think there's a lot of teams around the NFL that are like, okay, so who do we got to get rid of this year? Mm. <laughs> yeah, fucking Aaron Rodgers. And uh, that's just a that's a cool place to be if you're Aaron Ice. I mean, there's people saying that what he what he was doing was all for naught, by the yeah. way. These fucking get idiots, dude. How? Clowns. It is. They're fools. I love Orlovsky. Okay? We all love Orlovsky. Love Dan. Well. Like I actually texted Dan last night. Hey, I love you as a human and as a TV person. But today had to happen. Okay. He has not responded to me, so I don't know. It's because he knows. It's because he knows. Did you get like, like a real fight? Well, kind of, yeah. I said, hey, Dan, what are you doing? You know, because he, he said, I mean, there was a little bit of a, a back and forth. I think it was respectful for me and Dan the way we went back and forth. But I picked apart a couple holes in his entire theory on why he felt the way he did he probably did the same to me as well i haven't watched it back it was a pretty good give and take but then by the end of the day he changed his thoughts yeah he came onto my side so it was like all right i don't know what happened here but he initially was saying alongside a lot of people so maybe that was the maybe that was a narrative that was pushed by somebody very early and in those meetings maybe they heard it and they like a lot of people that were either on tv or like yeah you know what you're right i guess good i guess you're right there wasn't really anything happening it was like what are we even talking about here? I don't even know what we're even doing, let alone the thought that, and, and I talked to the boys about this earlier, and I think why I was so upset about the way it was being chatted about was because, and this is something that happens, and a lot of journalists hate this, and a lot of fans hate this, but as a player, like, I will always try to learn why the player is doing what the player is doing. Just as somebody who has been in there, like I, I have the utmost respect for anybody that's doing their thing. You got to handle your fucking business. I had gripes with front off. I mean, I feel like I've been through a lot of the situations, even though they're at a much smaller level, much, much smaller level. And I got a chance to witness it. So I'm always going to be like, well, there's a, probably a reason why this player, by the way, not just in football, it's probably in life like hey there's probably a reason this human feels the way they uh, feel and i think that's why i'm mostly uh like okay all right i see your point type thing but these players that were just burying like aaron for this entire i'm like who the fuck are you like what are you even were you even in the same locker room that i was i don't even know if we were in the same league to think about that i feel like there has to be some sort of that if you've been in there you have to be pumped that a guy said i want to have a say here I want to be able to do my thing. And he got it in the end. Like, that's a success story, I think, in negotiation. But since it wasn't this big dramatic trade or whatever, a lot of people were upset about it early, and then they changed. Yeah, but look at, like, I mean, if he wouldn't have cut, like, the Packers were not going to trade for Randall Cobb. You yeah. know what I mean? If he wouldn't have, like, so now, and this gets put out there that he, if he is going to be involved, like, we'll see what happens down the road. Like, if someone gets hurt or, you know, around the trade deadline, if they need another piece. But, like, I mean, yeah, the Cobb thing in and of itself, like they were never going to get him if Rodgers wouldn't have said, hey, go get me Randall Cobb. Okay, there's a couple more quotes coming out. Um, there's a lot. Rodgers on, he's he's talking. 
Yeah, the uh, the Twitter is exploding right now, like applauding him for just getting up there in front of like a Packers banner and just going off. Yeah, and I guess he's going, going. He said, uh, here's from Mike Garofalo, the second best wide receiver in training camp last year, Jay Kumaro. Maybe run it by me and I can change your mind, he says, about the Jay Kumaro cut. Like, hey, we're going to cut this guy. Well, I don't like that because he and I have a great connection on blah, blah, blah. He understands this better than anybody else. We have a good, and I'm the guy that's on the field. Like, maybe we think about that. Um, then Rogers says he was not told he gets to choose his next team if he wants to leave after this season. Okay, so now we're learning about the gentleman's agreement that is currently happening and not finished yet. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says he tried to give his input involving free agents, but was ignored by the front office. Uh, okay, uh -huh. so this is kind of coming out a little bit, and uh, now people are saying uh, that he didn't get anything out of this standoff at all now that Randall Cobb is coming and he has a seat at the table. Brian Guntzkus has said it. Once again, he got nothing out of this whole thing, no, is no. what people were saying yesterday in the conversation and joining us now is a man who I think will have an incredible take on this. And I apologize if you were waiting. I think there was confusion on Central Time, Eastern Daylight Time. A man who comes on and kills it for us every single time. Ladies and gentlemen, Lipscomb Academy Mustang head coach, Trent Hill. Yeah! How are you, boss? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Interesting you, stuff here with Aaron, huh? Yeah, he's speaking right now live. So, like, I apologize that I kind of went on a oh. It's all kind of catching up there. What are your... Keep, yeah, go Keep ahead. reading me the quotes, too. I've been getting them as, as you're getting them. So, let's talk about it. And so, the, the first one was uh, the Jake Kumaro thing, which we had oh. alluded to and people have talked about maybe as a potential piece of the puzzle that is pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Because everybody was saying it was Jordan Love. And then friends of Aaron and former teammates were like, nah, there's a lot here. Like, let's go ahead and let's go back through this. And they started listing off Kuhn, Jordy, go all the way back to the way Brett was handled. And then oh. the Kumaro thing was talked about. And he said, uh, maybe run it by me and I can change your mind on why you shouldn't cut in his eyes the second best wide receiver in camp as a quarterback that is vital I, and I saw Peyton and I just figured that was normal for the guys that are at the top of the food chain at the quarterback world it's wild to me that he has never had a say in anything that directly affects him is that not normal or it, it, when you heard about this were you kind of confused by it as well I think it's 50-50. Uh, there's a couple things going on here. Number one, cumulative effect. And he mentions this in, in some of the quotes that I was uh, listening to right before you brought me on. He goes back to Charles Woodson and Julius Peppers, Jordy Nelson, as you men mentioned, Randall Cobb. Like These were foundational pieces to their success, and he, as Aaron says, weren't treated well on the way out. If the receiver last year situation is a one-off, it's probably not leading to pissed off Aaron Rodgers. It's the cumulative effect of his time in Green Bay, these decisions being made without his input. And then it comes to a young wide receiver core, which we talked about last year going into the season, and you're going to take away his second best guy uh, as he articulates it. Uh, I, I think that's that just was icing on the cake probably. It was probably one of those things where it's like, okay, I've had enough. Like, this has been years of this going on. Now we're trying to put together a young wide receiver crew. I know receivers better than anybody in this building. This is Aaron Rodgers. And most of us do a quarterback. I'll give you a little vignette. I'm not comparing myself to Aaron Rodgers. And I, I was not the big guy on campus. But in Baltimore, they were going to cut Brandon Stokely. And I went in to Brian Billick and said, you cannot cut this guy. Like, I get it. We're running the scout team. But this kid is a superstar down the road. Uh, and you got to give him a chance. I think that happens a lot of times in training camp, especially with the receiver positions. Quarterbacks have a feel for the receivers better than the receiver coach, way better than the GM, way better than the head coach. Nobody knows the receivers better 
on an NFL team than the starting quarterback or even the backup quarterback because we spend more time with them. We know what we're looking for. Hmm. We know what the space looks like in real time. We don't care what the 40 time is. We care about separation. We care about where are they trustworthy? Are they where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there? If I throw a bad ball, can I trust them to become a DB and break it up? Can they save me? Uh, are they going to work after with me? Are we going to think the same thoughts? Huh. Uh, those are all the things that go into receiver plays. So anytime it comes down to quarterback fighting for a receiver, I 100% of the time will fight for the or will defend the quarterback because I can tell you right now there's not a GM in football that knows the receiver better than the starting quarterback does. Hmm. Trent, what would the, the reason for Green Bay's front office when they cut Kumro, Why? what would give them any reason to not at least mention it to Aaron? I don't know. I, I mean, I, for years I've been kind of confused why they don't uh, involve Aaron Moore in some of these decisions. Now, they don't have to make him the decision maker. And based on what I've heard, and again, we're getting this in real time, so I didn't read the quotes specifically, but the things I heard, he never said, I want to be the decision maker. He said, I want to be involved in the decision making. And there's a big difference there. I think just honoring a player that's meant so much to your franchise uh, that obviously is not just a, a player. Uh, he's a he's a brand. He's got a giant personality. He's a fantastic leader. Uh, and he cares about his, his teammates. Adore him. I mean, anybody that's played with him does nothing but rave about him. Uh, here's a guy that's revered by his teammates, done more for the organization. The least you could do is bring him in as a consultant and say, hey, here's some of the reasons why we're thinking about this. So you have context. And maybe that context ha- helps him. Uh, better accept some of the hard decisions they're making or maybe he has uh, some thought leadership that can go in the room that can help change their mind why a guy might have more value than they're placing on him at the time Uh, there's a lot of intangible qualities as a two you know as well as anybody that go into building a team it's not the 53 best players that's crazy if you're trying to get the 53 best players you're not going to be a good team you're trying to get the 53 best teammates that are also great players, the 53 that work together the best, the 53 that complement each other the best. And sometimes the players know that more than the front office. Oh, not sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that is something that I think the front office can have a good feel on. I think they can have a good feel on, but I think you have to be in there to kind of know if somebody, hey, there's a turd. Okay, no, we got no, this is a good team. Like, in camaraderie is something that is never talked about by the analysts and pundits. And I guess we're, I know I say, I think I mentioned it a lot. When a team likes each other, they're going to win. Here's a couple yep. more quotes to what you were talking about, though, about how, you know, he's been there a long time, he's had success, he's one of the greatest of all time, and they're not even consulting him at all. He goes on to talk about how uh, Rodgers was not even confronted or consulted about the hiring of Matt LaFleur. Uh, he said, I love Matt. We've had a blast, and I'm glad he's here. But it was clear at that point that the Packers organization viewed him as, hey, just play, dude. All right, just don't. And I think they actually came out and said, don't be the problem yeah. in that particular thing. This is when he's, what, 14 years in the 15 years in the mm-hmm. 14, 14 years into the NFL at that point, uh, and has already won an MVP and a Super Bowl. Uh, Aaron Rodgers also said he never spoke earlier. This is uh, via Lily Zhao, uh, because he didn't want to get into a pissing match with the Packers and wanted to handle things behind closed closed doors on why he was quiet this entire time. Insane situation that we could never really fathom happening. I I don't see how the people in power over there, is it because the no owner, you think, Trent? Is it because if you have any power over there in the football world, which we have been told that the, um, the board or whatever just defers to football, 
Is it they just have all the power and everybody can fuck off? And do you think if there was like an owner in charge, it would be much different? And how do you get to the point where there isn't that power vacuum and power trip at the top that potentially can lead an organization astray if you don't have a main boss there? I, I don't understand how the Packers work at all, I think. Hold on, you're asking me to solve the country's problems also? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could I, wi- I wish I was that smart, Pat. Yeah, I really wish I too. was. I would, I'm not even going to touch that one because, I mean, power corrupts, right? And now there are some great owners that have, great, have massive power, obviously, that have deferred that power, that have humbled themselves, that have made it team-driven, coach-driven. They're part of the program, not the program. Uh, but I think any time, whether we're talking NFL, corporate America, government, uh, when when the people in power like that power, this is the stuff that's going to happen. Yeah. The great the great leaders I've ever been around, the great leaders I've studied who have tons of power, uh, give that power away uh, to their people. And if we're talking about the Packers here, I don't think there's a better example than I would give a lot of power back to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, because he's big enough to handle it. He's proved that he's not an egomaniac. He proved he's proven he's not a prima donna. He's proven that uh, it's not about him; it's about winning. Uh, so, therefore, if you gave him that power back, then he's going to be wise with that power and not abuse it. Uh, he's going to fight for the right things. He's going to have the right perspective, and he's well, ultimately what Aaron wants. I'm guessing you guys know him better than me. But what I, I ultimately what he wants is the most awesome football team that could possibly be assembled so they can go win a world championship because that's at this point of his career, that's all he cares about is winning world championships. He's already proven he can throw more touchdowns and turn over less than anybody else, right? And that's the ultimate goal, score touchdowns, don't give the ball to the other team. He does that better than anybody else. Now he just wants to win football games. Championships, legacies, everything like that. The fact that he, it has been this long. AJ, I don't know how just like the little bit that I know about Aaron – I don't know how this didn't drive him crazy a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know how this didn't. It maybe it did. It, it, it yeah. was just kind of like finally, like all right, I'm done. with Maybe that's why I became such a good golfer because you just went on the golf course and started smacking that thing. <laughs> in the face all the time. Hey, he was a great ball player. Go ahead, uh, Ty. So Trent, given all that stuff, uh, do you think? I mean, is there any way that they could actually re-sign Aaron after this year? I mean, like what? I mean, as a fan, I guess like you can't really think that the front office is really going to change it all. If it's been this way to this point, do you really think it is just they're going to ride it out this year and then he's gone? Well, if, if Green Bay Packer Nation turns on ownership, if the media sides with Aaron, again, getting into world issues, when the, when the media takes a side, if they take Aaron's side, if the Green Bay Packer Nation takes Aaron's side, if it's anti-Packers all the time, management ownership, uh, or board, I should say, uh, then I think they can force their hand. Um, that's, that's the way things work these days. They get enough pressure from everybody else, they can't let Aaron go. I think there's one other element, too, that Aaron may want to stay if this team ends up being unique. I, I think a lot goes on LaFleur and this coaching staff. They now have to find a way to with all this conflict going on to bring this team together to find healing. I mean, you're, if you're in the building, as you guys know, it's no longer about what's being said outside the building. So as a collective, they have to come together. If they can turn this into one of those magical seasons, when you have that relational equity between Aaron and his teammates and the coaching staff, you have the everybody else outside voices coming down on the Packers 
to me, that's a perfect storm where the Packers may change their philosophy mm. and Aaron may want to be connected with this group of players for a handful more years. So, of course, the clickbait's going to be Aaron's never coming back, one and done. Let's see how this thing rides out. But we're going to look at six months here of a story being written. And as that story is being written, both internally and externally, it may change the circumstances come January. Hey, you're a great fucking guest on this show. Pat, here's the problem, though. I can never replay it to my community because you dropped the F-bomb. I'm losing all my brand value attaching myself to you and my yeah. community because we have to bleep you out all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, I probably, if, it, if you let one or two through, you know what I mean? That's it might, right. Well, it, the, it might ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Hey, That's kind of my life philosophy. Hey, and by the way, if I didn't say those things, I wouldn't be the person that I was born to be. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, it'd be, it's kind of a tough balance. You know what I mean? It's kind of a tough balance for me all the time, but I'll figure it out. Trent, you are awesome for us, though. I want to I wanna ask a couple more follow-up questions, though, about, like, the mentality of being a guy there. If Aaron doesn't win here, and you talked about the media taking a side, and yesterday, by the way, yesterday morning, Trent, I almost lost my mind. There was a lot of players saying that, former players on TV, they were like, Aaron got nothing out of this. This was a waste of time. It was dramatic. I'm like, what are we even... What are we even saying here? Because I think that was a narrative trying to be shaped. And from the very beginning, if you read Schefter's report, I read that and then I immediately went on the air and I was like, clearly the Packers told Adam all this information. They, they made it out to be like, hey, we're trying to bend over backwards for this. I then got a couple text messages from some people that said, who told you that that was from the Packers? Like, well, I have a brain <laughs> and I read that thing and I just, you know, tried to get through the narrative. I was told that wasn't the case. Whatever. The narrative shaping is everything. It yes. Was, you said if Aaron wins and he has that relational, does that, is that what has to happen? Like, how does this whole thing, especially with this press conference he's doing now where he's explaining everything. I just listened to a clip from the press conference where he listed off like 10 guys that were a part of the team that were kind of set out in disrespect. How does that go this year if they have a little bit of struggles or, or if they like, what do you think has to happen for this year to kind of be a good one? In, in, okay, well, I think I think two things are going on here. One, Aaron is smarter than most. So what he's doing right now is he's shaping the narrative. He's not going to let the narrative be shaped for him. So right now, you're one of his teammates. And you're sitting there going, wow, my dude's fighting for me. Wow, my dude's still fighting for guys that aren't even here. Oh, this guy, if I prove my worth to Aaron Rodgers, this guy will fight for me. And guess who doesn't fight for me? The organization. Mm. So it's going to be Aaron's going to fight for me, and the organization's not going to fight for me. And I think that bunker mentality sometimes in the locker room can be super healthy when it's us against the world, right? It is, it is all of us, me, the, this team right here, we're the team, and everybody else is against us. Well, guess what we have to do? We got to come closer together because it's us against them. And I think us against them can create magic in a locker room. And I think the Packers have a chance to create a us against them, even if it's their own organization. And if that brings the players closer together – and then those coaches embrace that, and they capture this, even though it's professional football. These are still young men. These are still guys that watch Friday Night Lights in the offseason on Netflix and get fired up, right? These are still guys that watch football movies, and the hair on the arm stands up because they love ball. They love camaraderie. They love team, right? So you create that magic in the locker room, and now all of a sudden that relational equity I just talked about starts growing. Sure, they have some rocky roads in the middle. Maybe they lose a couple games. Maybe things aren't going well. Guess what they do? They lean on each other. And now it's more of them against us, more, more of them against, sorry, the world. It's us against the world. It's us against the world. And if they're, and they're really good, by the way. This, we're not talking about 
you know, a middling team here. We're talking about a talented football team with really good coaches. So now they make another run into this thing, and maybe they finish the race. Now it's one of these epic team experiences. And that I think that bond right there is more than another $15 million that somebody else could pay Aaron Rodgers across the country. Right now he's like, oh, okay, I love this group. We went through battle together. We conquered the world together. I'm in for them. They're in for me. Let's go. Yeah, let's change the front office. Yeah. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> I know. Clean out. Trent, you got a podcast coming out I'm learning about? Or are you doing one now? When is this being released? I do. It's going to be released here in a couple weeks. It's called Beyond the X's and O's. Yeah. Congrats. That's pretty cool. Uh, obviously, another one of Joey's ideas. Uh, not mine. Uh, it's really taking these relationships awesome. I have with these quarterbacks, Gold Jacket, Hall of Famers, to the Young Bucks that are just coming out and trying to let them tell the story of their journey and what they've learned through quarterback. We don't get a ton into the, the stuff that the mainstream media covers. We'll touch on it because there's obviously stuff people are interested in, but really they're stories. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that will love the kind of the backstory to their journeys and will, as well as learn from it. So I'm excited about it. Uh, we've done a few, Troy Aikman, Kurt Warner. Uh, we got a bunch next week, and and uh, it, should, it should be a fun show. We can't thank you enough for stopping by. We hope you'll continue to do so. Good luck to your football team. Good luck on Beyond the X's and O's. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champ, Trent Delfer. Yeah! Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Football's ramping up. You know, that means one thing and one thing only. These conversations are only going to get better and better. I think we have a couple legendary Olympians joining us over the next couple of days. This show could become a good show at some point, I think. All right, that's cool. All this time you guys have invested in this show, I am eternally grateful for. And your investment might pay off. This show might get good. Huh? How about it? Hashtag and a pod squad. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. We will see you. Minyana.